Hey, it's Erin Anderson from Live Big Co. And you're listening to the Power to Be podcast. This season is all about the art of leadership. My guests are from all over the world. They are leaders, healers, artists, coaches, and game changers. They are the real deal. Although if you ask them, they'll say they're simply following a calling. Together, we dive into meaningful conversations about their passion, motivation, and expression in the world. We'll explore the challenges that leaders are faced with in generating inspiration in this ever-changing global environment. There's something here for you to discover. So listen in, and you'll soon find out that the secret to their success lies not in how they lead, but in who they are. Let's find out what this week's guest has the power to lead. I'm so excited to be here with you, Angelina. Angelina. You know, it's the best name to say. (laughs) Well, when I was a kid, there was a butcher shop here in our little town of Patterson. And uh, every time I walked in, the owner was this Italian man named T-Boy Listy. I'd walk in, a little bitty kid, and he would sing, Angelina, Angelina. (laughs) And I just, I mean, I was like four. I remember it so clearly. So clearly That's it is so a thing people like to sing and say. <laughs> oh my God. Growing up, I, uh, my mom used to take me traveling quite a bit and, and my name is very hard to say in other cultures. So in, you know, Italy, they were, they just gave up and, and called me Irene and, uh, but Erin is a very difficult name to say if <laughs> there's any kind of accent. Angelina, it just rolls off the tongue. It's so lovely. It's so fun. And you kind of can't, can't help yourself sometimes to really pop that Italian accent in. Oh, no. Yes. Broccato. Hey. It's well, wonderful. All, all of my kids have those big, hefty Italian names, too. Well, yeah. Uh, so, listen, y'all, y'all got to know this girl. This is Angelina Broccato, who yes. is um, a wonderful human being. I want to ta- talk about you for a second. So, I um I got I got to meet you through a dear friend of mine uh, Kelly Boudreau who is also a dear friend of yours, and she um she introduced me to you and we hit it off like a like a house on fire. I, I'm pretty sure you and I both cried within the first ten minutes of meeting each other. There's like <laughs> an abundance of emotion and um and there's just I don't know any other word other than to say realness about you that is a realness and a rawness about you that is so appealing. And um, we have worked together, uh, we, you and I and your husband Lyle have worked together on, on a few things and a few projects. And beyond our work together, I've always really admired you for um, your passion, your courage, your drive, your uh, constant creativity your ability to step out and keep creating no matter what the circumstances are in the world. It's something I really admire about you. And, and of course I'm, I'm, you know, thousands of miles away from you and watching you and sensing you and and wanting to know more about you. So I'm excited to get this chance, this opportunity to talk to you, but also have other people hear from someone I mean, listen, there's like seven different ways that you boggle my mind. The fact that you have four young children, the fact that you uh, have a podcast of your own, that you are a world-renowned photographer, that you're an actress, that you're a wife, that you're an activist, that you're a woman of faith, that you're a dear, dear friend, a good friend to so many people, and that you are an incredible mixologist of the best cocktails that make my mouth drool. So- all of those things, how, you know, of course the question is, how do you do it? And as, so as a leader out in front, not waiting for someone to tell you how to do it, like kick us off. How do you do it, Angelina? How do you do it? Erin, you're amazing. And you know, some of those things that you were describing about me, you helped me to discover Hmm. so very clearly. I mean, I, my life made a huge shift whenever you came into it. So, um, my admir- the, the admiration that you're expressing is so very, very mutual. And I just want to say that right away, hmm. uh, it's impacted my life in ways that are just countless and unimaginable. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So how is it done? Honestly, I mean, there's no secret sauce other than, um, I would say really committing and 
an incredible amount of grace that you give yourself and recognizing, which this is part of what you helped me to recognize as well, um, giving yourself the time, being patient with the process and recognizing that things don't happen when you want them to, they happen when they're supposed to. And I, Mm. you and I were talking the other day and I mentioned to you that I was posting about something on social media and I almost put in the word finally. And then I quickly retracted that because I just thought in that moment, no, 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 it's not finally, it's exactly when it's supposed to happen. So really paying attention to how I use those kinds of words, um, because I don't want to diminish all the work that goes into every single part of creation. Mm. Uh, so that's that's a huge bit of it. Um, and, you know, Lyle and I, we used to live in Los Angeles. We lived there for almost six years and we adored big city life. And but then we came to a point where we realized, well, the film industry was really heavy in Louisiana at that time. We were like, what are we doing here in Los Angeles? I mean, we love it and all. But, you know, we were already married for eight years or so at that point. We knew we wanted to start a family. And so the idea of moving home was really, really tempting for me. And I, with the film industry being here, I was like, really, we aren't sacrificing anything. If anything, we're choosing a different form of quality over the busyness and quantity of L.A. So um, it took me convincing Lyle a little bit. I mean, I think he was open to it. And goodness knows we're both grateful for where we are right now. But I think mm-hmm. in the beginning, there was this concept of feeling judged by others, which that judgment is the fear of judgment is something you know, we, we've worked on over the years as well. Um, but feeling like people were going to think, oh, you didn't make it. Oh, LA really kicked you to the curb, huh? You know, all the BS that you put in your head about what other people are thinking or how they're going to judge you. Um, and me telling Lyle, I remember the conversation specifically in our 500 square foot studio apartment on Hollywood Boulevard that we were paying $1,900 a month for, uh, 15, plus years ago. So who knows how much that would go for now, but saying, you know what, when we go into our town, the gates aren't going to close and lock behind us. And so our mission since then has been to create a big life in a small town. Mm. Um, So, and now, you know, I mean, with things being the way they are here in 2020, where there is so much acceptance for virtual presence, uh, it's even... I feel like we've been released in an even broader capacity. So, mm. so yeah, I, I, you know, that was kind of a long winded answer, but it's definitely not a one secret sauce or one part of a recipe, you know, one component. It's a compilation of growth experiences and learning and compassion and letting go of time and just... Mm be with it. And that's not easy to say, oh, you know what? Time doesn't exist. There's plenty of it. Well, with little kids, they sure have a way of teaching you. Oh my God. (laughs) Time does not exist. No, no. (laughs) They don't care. They don't care. So um, I, I want to just go back to something you said it, about LA and, and you're, you're, you're both actors. Uh, You're both successful actors and, um, uh, you've had a, a, the career of your choice as actors from what I'm, from what I gather. And, but what I, I'm interested in is this concept of you didn't make it. And, um, and then you going off and creating the life that you actually chose with intention of creating a big life in a small town. And, and so what does making it mean to you? Happiness. Mm. It means being happy. It means removing desperation. When we left Los Angeles and came here and created a career that we felt fulfilled, so fulfillment is part of it, um, that we felt fulfilled by, that being our photography, it removed the desperation that came with every audition opportunity we had. So we were able to approach auditions for film and television with fun. Oh, this is fun. This is a fun thing we get to do today. This makes us happy. We get to play pretend for, you know, a few minutes with each other. And we have each other both as actors to read with and all of that. And that, of course, helps, too. But um, the desperation removal was huge. And so your life and death is, you know, you're not always in this brink of destruction or death and mayhem of, oh, gosh, another one that we didn't get. Um, And... Yeah. So that was, that's, that's a huge part of it. 
<laughs> your phone's ding. Like that's the thing, right? It's, there's always a ding. There's always, there's something to do. And, and I love that there's no desperation about it. There's just, you know, there's no, I, I, I'm, um, engrossed in the Matthew McConaughey book right now, Green Lights. And, and I love this one particular scene that he talks about where, uh, he, he was saying, saying to a friend of his, I, I need a, I need a break, man. I need a, I need an audition. I need a, I need a connection. I need you to hook me up. And this friend who was like this amazing friend, obviously said, you don't need anything. Mm-hmm. Get out there and live your life. You don't need anything. Desperation stinks. And so he went off and had this great, you know, experience of, of riding his motorcycle around Europe and, and came back, you know, just with a fulfillment inside of him that was magnetic. And, that that's exactly what I um, I heard in your in your answer just now about looking for asking yourself a really simple and strategic question: What would be fun to do? What would give me fulfillment? What would give me happiness? And uh, and co- constantly asking yourself that question moment to moment. I think doesn't do you what like what do you feel when you ask yourself what would be fun right now? Well, my decision certainly feels a heck of a lot clearer when when mm. that very simple question is now at the forefront, it's everything becomes so much easier. You know, I'm not, I'm not sifting or wading through a pile of different pros and cons. It's just, does this seem like fun? Would this be a fun thing to do? And over the last few years, when I really allowed that, that question to be the one that determines the yeses and the nos, um, have I really found m- true momentum Mm. So I feel that it's definitely the the right question for me, but um, I want to bring it really quickly back to with the phone dinging thing. Well, first of all, I'm sorry about that, but no, whatever. I, Listen, but, the podcast is fun for me. I don't need to do it right. Right? No, there's no perfect. Uh, right. But what I wanted to say about that too is it is kind of a metaphor for all of it, which you were tying into as well, which is. You can be in the middle of something and you're focused and you're in it and and you've got flow and all of this. And then suddenly, especially like with kid life or just life in general, but ping, 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 it's just sort mm. of constant asking for your attention. And mm. so not getting your feathers ruffled and shutting down, like cutting tape. And that's another thing with um, acting too, is so many times you're in a scene like I was just on set a few weeks ago filming a couple of episodes of NCIS New Orleans and, you know, people flub their lines and you as an actor, especially if you're on stage doing theater, there's no cut. There's no take two. You're just in it. And if somebody else flubs their lines. You need to be adaptable enough. Yep. Knowledgeable enough of the material that you can just work through it together and come out on the other side. And then also there's exploration within that because you may have to completely go off course for a couple of seconds in order to get yourself back in flow. So, um, I mean, you know, the way all of these puzzle pieces of our lives have continued to intersect and feed one another is truly, I, you can't, you cannot create a, a plan for that. It's just happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny how the plan ends up just, uh, well, either limiting, um, you know, I mean, I, I have to say that anytime there is a plan, there's, there's this part of me that just kind of rebels. I'm like, Oh, I think I might do it differently. And so it's, it's kind of, that's the off road fun, um, aspect. I, I personally really find that I thrive in the unknown, which is a lot of the theme of, of both season one and season two of this podcast is really about exploring into the unknown. What, what, what is the thing that we don't know about? What is the thing that, that we don't know yet? What, what is to be discovered versus a lot of, uh, a lot of knowledge-based exploration that doesn't interest me. But, uh, this unknown place though can be really edgy sometimes it can be it can be very um i sometimes can feel like oh my god do i know what i'm doing do i do i and and when i answer the question actually i don't know what i'm doing it actually feels kind of freeing so then i can actually explore which is what i love what you've said about that moment of being on set and things going wrong or things going sideways or a phone dinging or whatever it is that there's some disruption right from the plan and so then what happens when you get disrupted is 
I, I'm noticing even with both of us is that, you know, we just sort of rise to the occasion and keep going and make it fun. Yep, exactly. There's so much power in that unknown. Um, yeah. But it's also terribly terrifying. Like, I don't know. Look, I'm going to be for real right now. I don't know how in the heck I'm supposed to shut down these pings that just keep coming through. Oh, <laughs> Like I ride and I don't know what to do. And it's causing me a little bit of panic inside because I'm like, when the hell is it going to come through? I've shut everything down that I can shut down. Like, everything is off. Where is it coming from? Shut it down. down. So I I love it though. You know, it's, it, it, it actually is, it is so perfect. Angelina, thank you so much. (laughs) So grateful. Because it it really, truly, truly is not about doing. It's just reminding me so clearly. It's not about doing it right. I, I, I have to admit that I have some really lovely friends who remind me about that from time to time. Like sometimes I'll go into this rabbit hole and start researching podcasts and how to do them right and how to ask questions and how to set up the na 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 and all of it. And they're like, Aaron, just you're just talking to someone. Oh yeah, right. So just being with someone and being in the in the humanity of this moment right here, right now, dings or no dings. But being with you, Angelina, is the real gift. And and the distractions can give us opportunity to get more present or they can take us out. It's, it's up to uh, you and I right now to decide, right? And and it's, I mean, listen, it's so easy to be with, with you. There's so much that is um, human about you. And I always feel, well, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I want to make this observation about you that, that, <clears throat> Um, you have this incredible photography business, you and your husband. And and when I first met you, I was like, okay, they're just beautiful people. Like, but beautiful on the outside, sure. You're both very pretty people. But I never that never really um you, there's something about your beauty that makes me feel beautiful. There's something about you that is so mirrored in in the people around you. You have this ability to just, I think that this is, I'm just realizing this now. I do think that that's part of your genius as photographers is that you have this way of having people feel so beautiful and seen and cherished. And I love so much that you and Lyle are partners in this photography business and that you are shooting and and taking pictures and capturing moments of people's most vulnerable, most tender, most celebratory moments. Will will you, will you talk about your, your photography business and what you do a bit? What a kind thing to say. (sighs) That's incredible. What you just said. Thank you Mm. for saying that. Um, so the reason we started our photography business in the first place, um, which is almost 15 years ago now, um, we started it because when Lyle and I got married, which we're about to have our 20-year wedding anniversary here in just a wow. while, but when we got married, um, our photography our photography wasn't bad. It's just we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have access to the type of photography that we personally provide now. The more there's, you know, the the traditional sort of historical documenting of looking at the camera style photos, but so much of it is about the emotionally driven elements of the day, which are everything. I mean, that's what makes you as a creative person feel like you're a kid in a candy store in moments like that. So we didn't have that for ourselves when we got married. Um, There was no one telling us what to do from an organization standpoint. There was no timelines. There were no photo lists. There was nothing. And so here we are 21 years old and getting married and had no idea what we were doing. And neither did our parents really, because we were like, you know, their first oldest children getting married for the most part and not a ton of experience going in. And it was a, it was a cluster. It was, I I mean, you know, we got married, so all is well. (laughs) (laughs) I have an episode on my show, um, Changing the Lens podcast that where Lyle and I are actually talking about that. We're talking about how our wedding was very messy. That experience was a mess, but the marriage is so worth it. Mm. Um, So yeah, that that's how that was the inception or the the moment that catapulted us, you know, 10 years down the line into creating the photography. It's like we could do this. Yeah, we I think we'll be great behind the camera. We had all kinds of in front of the camera experience by that point as actors. I think we really understand how to re- how to translate that into being behind the camera, what we want to see, what we want to capture and treat the people the way we really wished we would have been treated back then. Mm. 
and provide them with something that goes beyond the photo, but actually goes mm. in creating peace and calm and presence on the wedding day, which is so much. And Aaron, there's so many moments because, you know, anybody who's been married or been around a wedding um, in any capacity, you see there's a lot of hustle and bustle and you <laughs> You can be very organized and still have the hustle and bustle. So you can imagine what it's like for somebody who doesn't have a coach or a planner or any, you know, anybody looking out for them. And there's moments when I, I can sense that it, when I'm with the bride or whomever before the wedding, when I'm with that side of the game and I can feel that I can see her because I'm usually with that side of the wedding party. I can see her getting lost in all of this. And I will, I make partners with the bridesmaids pretty much as soon as I show up and, and make them my co-conspirators on making this a great day for her. And then they immediately start trusting me because I'm looking out for their friend. So we yeah. we have this sort of silent conspiracy <laughs> to creating these magical moments. So all I have to do is go to a couple of the bridesmaids and say, hey, why don't we all come together and just say a quiet prayer together? Or why mm -hmm. don't we reach out to her and let's do like a quick meditation or the, if they have a mantra that they've decided on together as a group or just a moment of quiet, like touch hands. Like, I mean, this is pre-COVID. We could be close, but um, touch mm -hmm. hands. Um, and I have photos of those moments. And so I make that suggestion to a bridesmaid and then I step back and I photograph it. And then wow. it doesn't seem like it's my idea. It seems like it's her idea, but that bridesmaid mm. remembers that I brought that up. And so she usually reaches out to me to photograph her wedding as well. And so mm. that's how the business is built is through, I mean, every single time we shoot a wedding, we're surrounded by potential future clients. And I don't say that in a salesy sort of, you know, heavy handed way. It's just more about when you can make your client a walking, talking billboard for you. That's how you build a business. It's not about how much money you're spending in advertising or how much social media presence you have, or if you really understand how to do a, a story or IGTV or whatever. I mean, those things are fun and helpful, but those things can be super overwhelming. I think that if we can come back to just the humanity of situations, of just the why and the helping people, and we just keep returning to that simplicity, you'll find success. Like, I hope you rewind that part, everyone, and listen to that again and again and again. And when you forget, listen to it again. I mean, what you said, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly reframe it any better, but it's, um, you really, you really brought me into the living room or into the room where the the hustle and bustle and stress and anxiety and um, strain is uh, for a human being, and how this peace, presence, and partnership unconditionally, unconditionally brought makes this create this magical moment. And this just one moment with one person, moment by moment, is how you build a career, a business, a life, right? That matters. Mm -hmm. That's it. You said it so perfectly. I mean, it's just so very true. And when you're working with such a wide variety of people and not just, I don't just have my client, you know, it's when I walk into a room with my group before we, you know, while they're getting dressed and all of that, I mean, you don't know what you're walking into. And so mm -hmm. as an actor, that's really benefited me because, you know, when you're when you're performing on stage and people are laughing at the jokes or maybe they're not really laughing at the jokes on stage, you're taking the emotional temperature of a room. You know, that's something we learned way back in theater mm -hmm. at LSU. I mean, it's important to understand your room. And so when we walk into that room now as photographers in whatever capacity that is, whatever we're shooting or whomever we're with, that's really the first step is, you know, saying hello taking it in, like feeling it out, getting my bearings of where we are, what are we looking at from a, from an emotional standpoint, but also technical, you know, like what's my light doing in the room where, how messy is everything? How much cleanup am I going to have to do? Um, so, cause that's another part of it. I don't just walk in and wait for the magic to happen. Like my clients have a lot going on. Uh, it's up to me to be the calming force, but also create a space that's going to work for me as basically my makeshift photo studio. So mm. if that means picking up dress bags or making a bed in a hotel suite, whatever it is to facilitate the end game, 
So it's being very clear on the beginning, the why, and being very clear on your destination. And then everything else gets to have adventure and spirit all within it. Um, And I also think that having some pretty solid systems and practices, just from a technical standpoint, like having some solid systems and practices in place and um, being organized, you know, one of the things that we do talking about what we wish we would have had when we got married is what we do is a couple months before couples are getting married, we have a phone meeting, we go through the timeline of the day, we create a photo list. With that photo list, I'm getting specific names of aunts and uncles and grandparents in the way that the couples are going to be referring to them so that they respond to me when I call out to them. Um, so if it's like, you know, Mimi or Aunt Brenda or whatever it is, like th- that's how I'm talking to people too. Um, and by the t- they haven't even seen a photo yet, Erin. And by the time we're finished shooting, say, the formal pictures after the ceremony, which is what most people have the most anxiety about because they don't want to be bogged down with too much of that and miss out on their party or risk people, you know, scattering um, to the winds and not being present for the pictures. Most couples have a lot of anxiety about that moment. So when we're finished with that and it's been actually enjoyable and super efficient on time and people feel connected to us because I've just spent 15 minutes calling to them all by first names. Mm-hmm. Um, they thank us with, I mean, tremendous amounts of gratitude and they haven't even seen the first picture because mm. it's, it's that humanity. It's that Structure that we can bring and within structure, when you spend enough time developing that clarity of your systems and your practices, then then you have the ability to be free. Then you have the ability to um, create and deviate and adjust and be agile. So um, it's definitely a dance between the structure and the dance itself. Hey, it's Aaron here. I'm interrupting this show with a very exciting announcement. I have released my very first book, A Dream Come True for Me. Uh, it is called 10 Tiny Truths, Principles for Living a Big Life. And it is a interactive, uh, relatable book that uh, is me sharing some stories of the lessons I learned from my mom. Uh, who passed away a couple of years ago. She was a remarkable woman and taught me so much. And I wanted to pass on the lessons to you. The book is complete with lovely photos and design elements, as well as some journal prompts. I hope you enjoy it. Please rate and review on Amazon. And of course, reach out to me. Let me know what you got from the book. Um, I'd also love to see a photo of you holding the book. That would make me so happy. And without further ado, back to our podcast. So um, it's definitely a dance between the structure and the dance itself. You know, you, you remind me of the um, that, that sort of common, oh, there's like seven things that I want to say to you, but um, that, that sort of common thing of, oh, she's just naturally talented. Oh, she's just lucky. Oh, she's just um, really, you know, really good technician behind a lens. That's why she gets all those beautiful photos. But what you're what you're speaking to so beautifully and so um, so eloquently is about this freedom of expression and creativity that that I, actually I wrote about this the other day that it comes through accountability that it's it's actually in your preparation it's in the way that you move slowly and intentionally and you build up to that moment of creative expression through really intentional diligence. And, you know, it, it's reminding me that, that that's really what's happening everywhere in all the people that are making, making an impact and who are leading the way forward is that it isn't just about charisma and about, you know, being really dynamic. It's actually more the, the, the intentional preparation. It's that, you know, what you do and what you described is making a difference in the now. That's really what it's about. Like right now. I need to make a difference. Oh, I'm going to make the bed. I'm going to open the drapes. I'm going to call Aunt Mimi's name out. You know, like making a difference now. But what you you said that was so awesome and such a great reminder is all the preparation and all the work and all the intentionality that went into that moment, that led up to that moment. You didn't just go in there and wing it. Mm-hmm. You were ready. Oh, Yeah. I mean, the readiness, you know, and if you think about your life as no matter which direction it's taking, 
It's it is just making you ready. Right. Whatever that next thing is. <laughs> Oof, if, if yeah. You embrace it that way, you know, and have that perspective on things. It is. It's all about every moment making you ready for whatever is coming. You know? Those foundational, mm-hmm. that foundational practice, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, why, you know, we, we speak a lot about, you know, meditation and faith and having a strong relationship with yourself and with each other and all of that as, as a, as a form of foundation to be ready for, you know, sure COVID, but you know, COVID's going to come and go and there'll, there'll be something else. And there's always, there's, I, you know, Wayne Dyer would say, there's always woe in the world. There's always going to be woe in the world. And so, you know, who are we in all of that? So I, I just I just appreciate that it's both the woe and the glee and the joy and the, you know, the magic moments. You, you, you Angelina, seem to be really um, accepting of all of it. The messy bed and the beautiful bride. <laughs> it's all part of that package. Mm-hmm. It's just all part of that package. You're, I mean, you're right. You have to accept the the messy with the clarity for sure. Yep. I really appreciate your unconditionality about that too. Like if if, if I just reflect on, <laughs> on my own wedding and <laughs> oh my gosh, I I gotta say I did so much right with my wedding, and wow, there were some things like you're talking to, but they, like the the chaos that <laughs> that just you know comes with with planning a wedding. But I um I got married in a re- fairly remote part of the world in in a, a place called Tofino, uh, which is on the west coast of Vancouver Island. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world and relatively remote, yet it's a you know destination place. So w- you know we got married out there, and I had decided that I wanted to plan the wedding. I was not going to let my mom be a part of it. I love my I love my mom, but she she had very traditional designs on the way a wedding should be. And I really wanted to do it my way. And so I took charge. And anyway, I I had all kinds of things go really well, but the photographer was a real problem. There were, there was maybe two photographers who even existed out there. And I think back then I was pretty cheap about it. So I get this photographer who gave us the most mediocre to like dim experience of, it was very much like you said, like the pose, 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 bye. And it was, you know, the, the package was, you get 30 photos and that's it. And they were, you know, all black and white or, or anyway, it was, it was so lame. The experience was just so un, uninspired and uninspiring and flat. And the, the, the photos really sort of show it. I mean, I think Sean and I have one or two photos that we actually like from our wedding and the best photos came from our friends who, you know, had disposable cameras back then. We've been married 20 years now too, almost, almost. So, you know, this photography, um, just this one experience and the way you're describing it is like, it's mind blowing, but it also, it also really shows the person that you are, like who you're being. I mean, it wouldn't matter if you were a photographer or an accountant or a, you know, a, I don't know, an, an, a philanthropist. It's your beingness that is so unconditional. I don't hear you talking about what can I get? What's my next step? What can I, you know, how much money can I make? And I, I never, I've never heard you speak like that as long as I've known you. It's this unconditionality about creating magical moments that you're willing to do anything for, which I'm so grateful that you're out there doing that. There's a lot of trust in that. You know, you Mm -hmm. trust that when you put that out into the world that you will be taken care of, whether it's ways you're, you know, you're imagining or in ways that you could have never imagined. I just trust very much that if we just keep taking care of the people that the rest will shake out. I mean, it does not mean that, you know, I don't follow up on emails or, or yeah. know, send out invoicing or expect payment for the services that I provide. It doesn't mean any of that. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. COVID is such a great example because back in March when all of this was happening, when it was getting started and, you know, weddings, the wet, March is a very busy wedding season in New Orleans um, because the weather is typically very nice. So, the amount of weddings. I mean, we've rescheduled 
uh, probably around 35 weddings at this point. Um, And there's been a handful of cancellations. But from the beginning of that experience, it was, okay, how are we going to handle this? I don't know how to handle this. Do you know how to handle this? I'm Googling, looking it up. Nobody's ever (laughs) anything. So there was no, there was no, you know, formula to apply to it. I was like, look, Lyle and I would have these conversations and we would just say to each other, let's just help people make this easy. What's the easiest Mm. here? What would make people the happiest? That's another, that's such a great example of what we were talking about earlier about what would make fun, what would be fun Mm -hmm. would be to not charge people rescheduling fees. Don't Mm. get bananas with this, create something, create a document, like a working Google doc that shows all available dates for, you know, a span of time and they can just keep revisiting it. I'll keep updating it with what's remaining available, what is got somebody penciled in on and just sort of keep this incredible flow of communication, just coming back to the people. And I didn't know what was going to happen with money at that point. What, you know, I mean, Mm. (laughs) when weddings were going to get back on track, I just trusted. And then, so here's, here's how that played out Uh, on, um, record level of new bookings, record level of new bookings. I mean, so now next year we're already at, I think, um, roughly around 66 weddings booked for 2021 right now, which is Never in a million years do we have that, including we were supposed to have a wedding on the day that we're recording this right now, Aaron. We were supposed to have a wedding and then that wedding canceled uh, about a month or so ago. And then to yesterday, I got an email from a new couple who are getting married in two weeks from now. Very small 15-person outdoor event. And they, we were referred. That's how they found us uh, by a couple whose wedding we shot 10 years ago. And they booked us immediately. Within five minutes of me sending them the information, they had already signed the contract and paid their deposit. So you just trust that when you are going through this, as long as your intentions are true and loving and whatever that means for your business or your goals, that you're going to be taken care of. So that really helps to remove yourself from that happiness you're trying to create in the world. Mm. I I know so many um, small business creatives who, wow, they, they, they worked so hard on themselves and on their business, trying to figure out how to pivot, how to, you know, stay afloat. Like some of them, you know, the, the, it was very close to the line, this, this, their, their finances and their income, they didn't have a backup. They didn't have another thing, you know, like an event business or uh, other photographers and especially photographers for events, like you said, like with weddings. And I, I really appreciate this mindset that you're speaking to. Like what, what I um, would love to hear from you is what would you, what else would you offer them? Like, here's a scenario, you know, um, a bride pays a uh, deposit on a, um, uh, on a photo shoot, or, you know, on you as a service provider for her wedding day. And then the venue cancels the the wedding and says, you can't have it. And so th- the whole thing is in jeopardy. And then the bride calls you and says, I, you know, can I have my deposit back? So what, what do you do then? What, what's your recommendation for that small business provider? So for us, we do, you know, we do have contracts in place. Deposits are typically well known as not being refundable unless, you know, you as the photographer having to cancel, of course, you're going to refund that. Um, so we, we've been getting creative with our solutions. So if they like, I'll just get like really specific about, sort of how our system has worked so far, which is we have a three payment structure. They pay a deposit. Then after they we shoot an engagement session for them, then they pay another percentage. And then then they have their final installment, which is much closer to the date. And in some cases, people had been paid in full. So if I hadn't shot an engagement session for them, I'm returning everything with the exception of the deposit. And then with that deposit that's still sitting there, if they do end up rescheduling, I'll apply that to their newly rescheduled date. It can sort of be there in waiting if they want it to be, or if they decide they want to have a family session and and maybe print an album out of that, or mm. you know, just getting creative with the possibilities. Maybe we hold on to it, save it for a one-year anniversary shoot. So there's lots of possibility within that that both feeds 
that does feed my business from just, you know, a technical keeping your your head above water ground, um, also contractually based, but then also totally takes care of them and gives them, you know, what they need and want for the money that they've spent so far. So it is a balance. Like we do have to, we have to be in communication. We have to go through this together. And from the beginning of this, that was my goal, which was not, you know, how can I shift my business in a, in a different direction where I can still make money during this time, but more so let me really strengthen lines of communication. Let me strengthen the bonds that are in existence communication mm. and um, and creative possibility. So they felt very heard and taken care of from the beginning. And I think that just, I it, like I said, most of the weddings are all reschedules. So those, all the money, any money they've paid, it just keeps moving to whatever their new date is. And here's one more, you know, creative possibility example. And this is because over the years, we've built a team with your help and guidance, Erin, mm-hmm. at Live Big Girl, <laughs> but um, we built a team. And so we have a wedding that's coming up in January. And the parents contacted me uh, maybe about four weeks ago saying they were going to be canceling that wedding, that they weren't going to be having it in New Orleans anymore because our restrictions here in New Orleans are um, even more severe than in the rest of the state. So um, they were going to be canceling altogether. And I was like, well, where is the wedding going to be? And is it going to be on the same date? And they told me it's in Florida. Um, and they gave me, it was the same date. It's like, I think my team might be available. Let me check on it. And Lyle at first said, you know, our team members are in their early twenties. And he was, he was saying, I just don't think they're going to want to go to Florida to go shoot that wedding. I was like, dude, when we were in our twenties with no kids and somebody had <laughs> the opportunity to like travel a little bit for work and a safe- Hot damn, I'm going to the beach. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, that's, and so we were able to, and of course they were totally ready, willing and able to go. They're so pumped. Um, mm-hmm. And we were totally able to make that work. It, Wow. You know, am I going to be from a financial standpoint, am I going to be making the same amount of money as I was before? No, I'm not, because I agreed with the parents that and in this world of compromise and helping everybody to be happy that I'm paying for a certain level of their travel expenses and the parents are paying for one element of it. That way, they're not coming tremendously much more out of pocket. They're not losing their photographer. They're not losing any deposit. They've got their same team on board and we've just crossed off one of their to-dos on their list. And my team still gets to work. So, wow. Yeah. That's a way to keep your eye on the prize. I mean, my favorite thing you just said, was like, just take care of them. Just take care of people. Like it's really not that complicated. And actually when you take care of people, it's really fun. (laughs) There's joy in that, you know, getting creative so much fulfillment. And there was one moment in our business when we really slumped. This was, I don't remember how many years ago, but let's just, uh, you know, approximately seven years ago, we went through a slump in our business. I mean, record lows on bookings. And we, for the life of us, could not figure out why. And then we got some um, help from some other photographers who brought it to our attention. Why don't you just work on strengthening relationships and trying to figure out social media? Oh my God. Like just call some like <laughs> just get that strengthen relationships. Don't focus on social media. This is one of the problems that people think that social media is communicating. It's not. It's a bit of a show, and it's you know it. Listen, I love Instagram. It's like one of my favorite platforms because it's creative, and I get to write a bit, and I get to post post pretty pictures. But by no means am I deluded that my social media is replacing my communication. And one of the things that you you talked about is that problems are actually both formed and solved only in communication. Mm-hmm. Only. And having direct conversations with people is the way to uh, to either create solutions or it's also a way to create problems. Exactly. So I love that you you just really come back to what's simple and basic and true, which is take care of people and talk to them. Find out, ask them questions and see what's going on for them and how you can serve. And you you talk about, you know, like a hallmark um, foundational thing that you're you've been really relying on more and more likely is clarity and possibility. 
being clear, you know, clear as Brene Brown would say, as clear as kind, being really clear up front. This is the contract. These are the terms. This is what we can do. This is what we're up to. This is what we're creating. This is what we're all about. This is the time we're coming. This is the time we're leaving. Like, this is what we'll be wearing. I don't know. Like, the more clarity that you have, the more safe people feel. And then on the other side, in the face of, you know, change and, and, you know, I don't know, COVID, whatever, there's possibility. There's always possibility. Always, always. Yep. 100%. That's the name of the game. Yeah. That's how you form community too. You know, forming community through possibility versus problems. You know, one of the things that I, um, you know, that I try to stay away from that I really just try to stay away from is a, a, a focus on the problem. And that really is where social media can go. It's really where some sort of downward spiral conversations can go is just focusing on the problem, what's not working, what sucks, what's difficult, who sucks, who's difficult, whatever. And focusing on the problem is uh, really just that, just puts more focus on the problem and creates more of the same. Whereas focusing on possibility and what's available, that's generative, that's loving, that's fun, that's art. Yes. There's another perfect example of this was an engagement session that somehow was scheduled for us, but it didn't get put on the calendar. This stuff never happens, but it happened on this day. And we get the call and the couple is there waiting for us at the uh, city park in New Orleans for us to show up. And we were an hour away. I mean, not prepared at all. And so quickly, quickly, which here's where, you know, having your foot in, in the waters of creative possibility already, you tend to really dive in once you're already kind of there and have tested those waters and seen how, how the benefits are incredible. I was like, uh, why? Because we're a team. I was able to reach out to one of our more locally based photographers right there close to the park. She was available because I'm wow. magic and miracles. She was available. It was going to take her 20 minutes to get to them. But there's a beautiful little restaurant across the street from the park. I called ahead to that restaurant, paid prepaid in advance for a couple of cocktails for them. And I was like, just go to the bar, have a cocktail and our photographer will be there in 20 minutes and ex- and was totally honest and explain the situation. And because we uh, we didn't shuffle around responsibility or Ugh. wait in this water of, of problems and not solutions, they were so excited and happy and totally fine with what just transpired. It couldn't have been better. <laughs> now they had a cocktail to warm them up for their engagement session. <laughs> All was right with the world. But that's that's just another example of being met with and that's a mini, that's not even a real crisis in comparison to the rest of the world. But in that moment for those people and for us as a small business, that could have been a crisis moment. And it just, absolutely, it just wasn't. Yeah. You could have gone to blame and, you know, excuses and not possible. And it, you know, it's amazing because you reach for possibility first. Angelina. Yes. You do. That's your first call to action. Let's see what's possible, you know, and, and that's where creativity, but the other thing too, that in that story that it really shows is that you have a wonderful relationship with your team and, and that isn't created by accident. You, you are in constant communication with them. You treat them well. You, you acknowledge them. Like these are the things that you likely do to have that, that girl, that teammate, I'm assuming it was a girl, Yeah, jump to it. And say, absolutely. Say yes. Yeah. Well, I meet them with gratitude too, Erin. And Mm. they do the same for me. It's that trickle down domino effect that you and I have talked about before, which is, you know, it starts with you and Mm -hmm. it spills over. So if I, you know, and I treated that photographer and her husband to a cocktail later that night, you know, called ahead for them and they went and had a cocktail after her husband got off of work. And you just keep, pumping into the system what you hope people do for you as the whole beginning of our business mm. was putting out what we want for ourselves without any expectations though I, I don't I don't feel that vibration on you at all yeah I don't I don't feel that either Aaron I mean you know of course I want things to go my way you know if I if yeah I'm totally honest you have a way in your mind that you hope things go but I think that trick is being able to recover quickly. Um, and effectively, not just fast, but effectively when things don't go your way, because as we all know, things don't often go exactly how you envision them to go. 
Well, no, there's a difference between control, right, and possibility. But what what I know that you do, and you've mentioned it, that you are clear on your why and you're clear on your destination. And then you said everything in between is adventure and spirit. Mm-hmm. That's really the that's really a beautiful summary of life. That you're you're clear on your why. You know, I often something that that I say often is that each of us has a song to sing. I have a song to sing. And I also have to recognize what's not my song to sing. It is not my song to sing about a whole other (laughs) bunch of topics. But what I've chosen the song that I'm here to sing. And I also have an an image of myself when I'm 80. And it's interesting because the vision that I have of myself when I'm when I'm 80 is that my husband and I are holding hands sitting on a, on our dock with our feet in the water and we're sipping a very crispy lime margarita on the rocks with lots of salt on the rim. And this, right, this image, um, you know, we're watching the sunset and we're holding hands and we're sitting on the dock and, you know, we're, we're wearing, I'm wearing jean shorts and a blouse. Like there's a very clear picture that I have of myself when I'm 80. And if I have to think back to that's the destination, well, who have I been to get there? Mm -hmm. What have I, what have, what song have I been singing that has got me to that place where I'm sitting on the dock, not just the place and the man and the drink, but you know, how, how am I feeling inside? How, um, how at peace am I in within myself? How, how present am I in that moment? And, and what kind of partnership have I built with my husband and who have I had to be along the way to, to remain fulfilled and to remain true to myself? And so if I work backwards from there to this moment, it, it helps me guide myself in all my decisions. And, you know, I'm sort of offering that picture as, as sort of, um, well, you're making me think of it in, in the way that you approach your business. So it's both on the macro and the micro, you know, having the destination of what do I want this conversation to be like, and then having adventure and spirit. Look at us. We've been talking for this, you know, chunk of time and I was clear on my why I wanted to find out about your leadership, you as a leader in the world. And I have a destination of wanting to share this with people so that they're inspired of different ways that they can, um, different perspectives and different ways that they can approach their own life as they navigate into the unknown. And then everything in between from minute one to minute, whatever is adventure and spirit. Yeah, that's it. It's that when you're talking about envisioning yourself when you're 80, sitting on that dock in a very specific outfit with that crispy, fresh lime margarita and the clarity of that vision. And then you could apply that to that sort of legacy, like where, where you're going. And then on a, on a very like immediate level, when I walk into the room, I know what kind of photo I, I know how I want this to look. And it's not just going to happen unless I put that effort in, unless I take those steps, whatever those steps may be, because I, every room is different and every set of circumstances is different, but how can I, how can I help shape shift this room, morph it into what is going to best suit everyone um, for that circumstance? So it's, it, it, it does, like you were saying, big picture, small picture, uh, legacies and the everyday, it's all part of that same puzzle. It's still pieces that have to be put together to get to that, to get to that place. And that, that's all that gray area is where all of that magic happens. Ugh. You just like, I just, I feel like I've just watched a lovely movie or read a wonderful book. Just being with you, it's, it's so soothing and legacy in the everyday. Yes. But in this really beautiful way that you do it, it's, there's a real ease about you, a flow about you that is, uh, it's really unlocking. It's like, I, I don't get the sense from you that you put on a, you know, a filter on your photos. You're not doctoring your photos. You're actually the opposite. It's more capturing what's really true and real here in this moment, but also being ready for the moment, being prepared for the moment. And, and, and then having these lasting memories that you give, wow, these couples who work with you, what, like when they get the final photos from you, are they completely blown away every time? I can only imagine. I I mean, that's been the response that we that we get. I mean, yeah. they'll send us emails and 
say that they just can't believe that they just witnessed that. And and they don't only talk about the photos, which is that's one that's one part of it. But they spend most of their time talking about how much we helped them. On oh, the wow. Uh, and that the photo part is great. It's wonderful. I, I'm hoping like that should be. And what I tell our team of photographers is that should be a given that our photos are mm. beautiful. What we're blowing them away with, they're expecting the great photos because they've seen all of our work. But what we're blowing them away with is how much we can bring to the table on helping them have that peaceful, present, calm wedding day. We just try wow. to find pockets anywhere we can to make it easier for them to create ease in this day. Wow. I mean, I hope uh, everyone follows Brocato Photography and be so wildly inspired by by this beauty that uh, Lyle and Angelina put out there. And also this podcast that you've created, Changing the Lens. I think it's a, a really wonderful way to communicate and to constantly be in communication and service to the people that you have in, in, your, in your world. It's wonderful. Thank you, Erin. Um, changing the light, you know, I love metaphors. I really love metaphors so much. So I I spent a lot of time deciding on what the title of the, that show was going to be because I wanted it to both relate to, you know, our experience as being wedding photographers, but also be something that is relatable across the board. So um, yeah, when we're shoot like changing the lens is, when we're shooting a session and we have in our mind that vision, that legacy, we have in mind what we're trying to create and we're just not seeing it. Like something is keeping us from getting there. I'm not just going to shoot forever in this one way and never change my perspective. So mm. that's, where, that's when I change the lens. You know, I might have on a 24-70 lens where I'm getting slightly wider angles and seeing more of the picture and there's less blur and distortion around them or maybe the way to get there is to put on that 7200 lens where I can zoom in tight and I can create all that beautiful light, the bokeh around them where the trees are sort of glistening like twinkling stars in the back, the light that's peeking through them um, and change my perspective in that way. Sometimes I want that clarity and that full story of that wider picture. And sometimes I need to get, I need to get tight and I need oh, to get yeah. tight. Sometimes we got it. We, sometimes we need to get tight. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love that. So that's, I love where, that. that's where the title of the of the show came from. And I just felt like that could that could present itself in so many different areas of our life. Like I'm not absolutely doing the same mm -hmm. thing over and over again, expecting a different result. We all know about that saying. Um, but take taking action, switching it up, changing, changing that perspective, seeing it differently, and then being inspired by that change that I've just made, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. And the show is, you know, it's about weddings and newlywed life. Um, so planning your wedding, venturing into that newlywed and marriage territory, it's all new. It's all new chapters. It has a lot of pressure on it in most cases. So this yeah. show is about talking to experts and, um, in a wide variety of, of fields, because again, I don't need to, only talk to people in the wedding industry to learn about how to have a successful wedding day in marriage. Uh, so we have a wide variety of guests. So it is geared towards planning the wedding and venturing into newlywed life and marriage. Uh, but truly, it's it's really relatable to so many different people. Well, I can't wait for people to hear it and to uh, see your incredible work that you put out there in the world. But more than anything, for people to have this experience of you, Angelina, and to um, have the the richness of all these metaphors that you so expertly weave. And I'm I'm so grateful to have you in my life. I'm so grateful to have you as a spirit partner, someone we can I can I can talk with about all these wonderful possibilities. It just you've brightened my day. And I feel so much, um, so much love and creativity coming from you. It's just, it's, it seems like it's endless. It's boundless. So I'm, for you, I'm very grateful. And for you, I'm very grateful for everything. For you inviting me and trusting me on your show with your listeners. Um, and for, you know, being my coach over the mm. years, whether it was in times of intense coaching or just you being you and me knowing that you're there. And what would... 
you know, what would Aaron say? (laughs) (laughs) Personally and professionally, um, the lessons I've learned from you have reached far and wide. So, um, Mm -hmm. so anyway, just thank you for being my friend and, and my coach and a kindred spirit. It's fun. Mm, You're welcome. And it is fun. It is fun. What would be fun? <laughs> what's, what's fun to do? I, I'm going to have a dance party after we hang up. I'm going to play a really fun, what's a fun, like New Orleans, like trumpety song. What's a good song? Oh, feel like funking it up. Uh, rebirth. Yeah. Uh, that's the name of the song actually. So oh, it's okay. Cool. And, and I do feel like funking it up. Okay. So it's called feel like funking it up. Yeah. Rebirth brass band out of New Orleans. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to play that and I'm going to toss my hair around and have a little dance party in my living room. So thank you so much, Angelina. And uh, I look forward to you know just more, more of these conversations. And, and I hope this inspired each of you listening to you know create more clarity and possibility in your life. Thank you again, Angelina, for being here and we'll talk soon. Alrighty. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Power to Be podcast. Thanks again to my guest for sharing so generously and for really lighting us up. And it's my hope that each of you who is listening is feeling inspired to get out there and live big and serve powerfully. The world is waiting for that special gift that you have. We'll see you next week.